So we've been on a long journey. Uh, uh, we, if you remember, we started back in late August. We brought in Josh and Casey Ross. That, that was the beginning of this process for the church. Really, it started before that with the leadership of, of looking for the right people to join uh, with the Spirit, looking for the right people to join. We, we had uh, a three-week sermon series following Josh and Casey being with us, teaching us about leadership. And then uh, we asked the church for recommendations on those that you see shepherding. It's been mentioned several times. It was mentioned again last night at dinner we had. Southwest doesn't make elders. Southwest recognizes elders. Right? We look around for men that are they're leading already and shepherding already, and we recognize them. So we asked for your input, and we got that. And we invited several men into a, a journey with us. And that journey begins with my favorite time of, of the process. It's a two-week uh, intense prayer and journaling and uh, uh, listening to God and studying Scripture and seeking God's will in this. And so all of the current elders and then the, those that were trying to discern if it was time for them went through that. And it's a, it's, they'll tell you, a lot of them will tell you it's their favorite and least favorite time because it's, it's great, but it's hard. It's difficult. Like any time you encounter God, uh, that can be difficult. And, and that was in early November uh, a few weeks later, five of those men agreed uh, to join us in, this, in the next part of the journey. And that next part of the journey is really them getting to know how we do things at Southwest. They've been here. A lot of them have been here. Some have been elders before, but this is a different time. And we want to make sure that they know our core beliefs. They, we want to make sure that they know how we practice together, how we, how we practice with the staff, how we practice with ministry leaders and things like that. It's time of us uh, praying together, wrestling with some very difficult uh, difficult topics uh, together. Our my, our wives met together and prayed and shared. Uh, we had indiv- individual meetings together. And then a few weeks ago, these five men, uh, in agreement with our current elders, agreed to join the eldership. These men are Quain Bacchus, uh, John O'Blackwell, Dan Johnson, the other Doyle, Porterfield, and Chris Sharp. And again, I'll say we believe that this is a spirit-led process. Uh, that we joined with the Spirit in discerning, and we are thrilled uh, to have these men join us. So you're going to see a video here of, of these five men. Instead of get, having them all come up here and talk, uh, we're, we're going to put it on a video, and you're going to hear from them what they love about Southwest, uh, how the, the, uh, the process impacted them, and what their dreams for Southwest is. And after the video, uh, one of our elders, our longest-tenured elder, Tom Ferris, We'll come up and bring them those new guys up and the rest of the elders up, and we'll charge them, and we will, as a congregation, pray over them. And then we will come together around the Lord's table, and Kyle will lead us, and we'll, we'll have communion together. And our elders, as their first act, really, uh, as a new eldership, because it's new now. When, we, when you add to or take away, it becomes new. Our first act will be to serve the congregation communion. So uh, if you normally serve communion this morning, we, we would love to take that place and, and serve communion. And then uh, Brian will come up with a charge to us. So, Craig, can we uh, show the video? So my favorite thing about Southwest, I think, is that we are a family that loves each other and we seek God's truth amidst a wide range of backgrounds and experiences and ages. 
And that diversity has, uh, it's been instrumental in, in me and my family's spiritual growth. Um, I really appreciate, you know, they say it takes a village. This village has been instrumental in helping Heather and I raise our boys and helping to shape them into the men that they have become and equip them to follow God and, and, and follow Jesus and become those people that God created them to be, um, just like he's doing with us. Tracy and I have been coming to Southwest for about a little over seven, seven years now. And so when we uh, started coming, we were really looking for a church that would feed us spiritually, uh, would let us be a part, an active uh, part of the membership, and uh, really a family uh, to, to come to. And Southwest really opened opened up your arms and, and really accepted us from, from day one. So we're really uh, uh, pleased to be here and excited to be here. Um, and then our, our love first uh, uh, mantra is just everything to us. Um, you know, the, the love in this church, uh, you just don't find it any, any place else. So we're, we're excited to be here. Family, uh, first and foremost, means family and life changing. And I said that, um, so when we came to Southwest, we were looking for a community and we end up with a family. Um, the, the love, the support, uh, all the people that just, um, it was amazing. And so we end up with a, a, a family, um, life-changing. Um, I can tell you that, you know, um, our marriage, um, Ashley and I, our parenting skill, our uh, growth spiritually, um, our love for Jesus and um, our community just, just went up the roof. And so we're just, we're just glad to be a part of the Southwest family. When Angie and I came here 22 years ago, um, we left Washington State after 13 years, and we were a little we were a little beat up, a little tired, a little fatigued, and a little worn down. So when we came to Southwest, it was a very healing place for us. It was it was safe, and it was challenging. Uh, we immediately felt loved and welcomed, and so I just I've embraced that. I love Southwest for that. I love being a part of that, and I guess that's really what keeps me motivated and keeps me excited about being here. To me, Southwest is a community in Christ, like a family. Um, you know how in a family you sometimes get that cousin or uncle that's messed up, and or maybe you're that cousin or uncle. But here at Southwest, you, you don't get kicked to the curb because you've messed up. You've got family there that comes in, takes your hand, and walks through repentance with you. I think everyone needs a place like that. The elder selection process has been really impactful for me. Uh, at the same time I was asked to join this, this process, was the same time I was given the diagnosis of prostate cancer. So those two processes really brought up a lot of emotions with me. And my knee-jerk reaction was to, to basically turn and run, you know, uh, from it. But I, I didn't, uh, and it really helped me to get closer to God. Uh, my, my prayer life became a lot stronger, and my, my study and, and talking and working with the elders was, was really good. So it's been really impactful for me, and I appreciate the, 
the uh, the process of going through it. The elder selection process has been a humbling experience. It's uh, it's forced me to take a deeper look at some of those places where I'd really rather not look sometimes. Um, so it's not been a real fun process, but it's been really good. I mean, it was my second time. Um, it was, it was different, very different the second time. I knew all the players. I knew what I was getting into, mostly. Um, but I really enjoyed the, the time with the, the guys that I hadn't served with before. I knew them, but I hadn't served with them in a, in a tough place. And we've had some really fun and hard and engaging conversations already. I realized how much I'd missed um, those kind of conversations with, with all of the guys and what it stirred in me, what it challenged in me. Uh, what it asked from me. Uh, I've just really enjoyed the process. Uh, some of it was hard for me because I had to revisit some old hurts and some old uh, struggles, but that, that's always constructive, and uh, but it was really good. I enjoyed it. So the elder process has impacted me in quite a few ways. Um, first, it's, it's, it's honored. I, I feel honored and humbled um, by the invitation. Um, it's it's made me realize and and just it made me grateful um, for the encouragement that I've had from family and and our church um, congregation. Um, it's helped me realize and and really feel um, and listen to God's guidance and and the leading of the Spirit. Um, it's been very apparent through the process and, and really reminded me that he's, he's always present. He's always willing to walk with us, carry us, push us, and struggle with us if we're willing to accept his invitation. Um, it's also really highlighted the Spirit-led leadership that we have in our current eldership, our ministers, the staff, um, it's just been very encouraging um, uh, to see what I'm being invited to be a part of, and, and like I said, just really grateful for that. Very humbling, um, challenging, um, really excited. And it, it just changed me. Um, there was a side of me that just, just came out. Um, spiritually, it was just so uplifting for me, uh, the growth spiritually, um, the support from the ministers and the current elders uh, were just phenomenal. Um, you know, sometimes just sitting there, I'm like, why me? And, you know, I can't do this, um, but the encouragement uh, through the eldership and the ministers and just our church family uh, was just overwhelming. And so, you know, I just felt like it was just a great experience for me, and um, I was glad that I was part of it. My dream for Southwest is that when somebody drives by the building, or maybe when Southwest comes up in a conversation, they think of someone that uh, they know or or maybe they themselves uh, have experienced something very positive uh, related to the love of Christ uh, that's just alive in this body. 
So my dream for Southwest is just to continue the love first attitude that we have and, and to just be more like Christ. Um, you know, church can be harsh on, on people sometimes, but not here at Southwest. You know, with, with our love first attitude and, and our wanting to be like Christ, just love just, just comes out. And so, so my dreams are that we think big and we dream big and we take the gospel outside of these, these walls and, and just our witnesses to the world for, for God. So my dream for Southwest is to, uh, for us to continue support um, the children ministry, um, help to train and equip our kiddos to be good um, servants and leaders in our, in, our, in our church, for our church family, um, through training, um, and 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 just just support for you know I, I I love the kids and I think they're the future and I think it's important for us to continue to equip equip and support them um, and I'm I'm excited to and hopefully be a big part of that. I would I would love for every person at Southwest to to fully realize and and live and bask in the glory of the grace and forgiveness and love that we've been given. Uh, as opposed to all the other things that we sometimes default to for church. I just really like us to live in that and all the ramifications, how it touches our lives and how we forgive others and how we approach the world, just how we live out being loved like that. I, I just really love this. I love seeing that in my life and I want it for others. So my dream for Southwest is that we continue to grow in our ability to be a place of lifelong learning and seeking and struggling with God. Um, I think we do we do that, um, but there's always room for growth there. Um, I also have a dream that we continue to grow in our capacity to accept people who are struggling, that are hurting. Um, and, and confused about their situation or not sure what to do. Just being able to accept people and situations that we don't understand and walk into that trusting that God's going to take care of it. Even though we may not be comfortable, we may not have the answers, but, you know, if we can collectively grow in that faith that no matter who walks in, we can trust God to walk with us in that and help that person become a follower of Jesus. Um, I, I think that's a worthy goal. It's getting harder and harder every time I do that. Uh, our new elders, would you come up here with your wives, please, and gather around. And as soon as they get up here, I want the current elders to come up as well and to surround them and lay their hands on them. Just come on up. Don't be shy. I'm excited about this. Um, great group of folks 
we have, and, and um, I think they're going to add some vitality to our group and certainly some excitement. Maybe not as exciting as Luke, but almost. <laughs> Go around, Gary. Everybody up here? Um, I'm reminded of uh, what Luke wrote in Acts chapter 20. He was leaving uh, the elders at Ephesus, and whom he dearly loved, and he left these words, which I really think encapsulate what I would like to say to these new guys. In fact, I want to say it to ourselves because uh, uh, these are needed words for all of us. But he said, <clears throat> he said, keep watch over yourselves and the flock over which the Holy Spirit has entrusted you. And then he said, um, be shepherds of the church of God. And I want to, I want to use that as the framework for my seven minutes uh, that I'm told I have. First, you guys have what it takes because you've been chosen by the Holy Spirit. We went through a discerning process, but the Holy Spirit chose you. Uh, and so you've got what it takes. Watch over yourselves. Very, very important, and that includes your spouse. And what does it mean to watch over yourself? Well, first and foremost, we are disciples of Jesus. We, he is our rabbi, and we look to him always for what it takes to make us be like him, to pray continually, to stay in the word, uh, to look to him as our example to do the things that he did, to love people the way he did. There was a Jewish saying that when uh, a young man who had been chosen by a rabbi, that when he left to go live with that rabbi, his folks would say, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. May we be covered in the dust of our rabbi Jesus. May we know him so well. May we know how to love people so well that we take care of ourselves. We take care of our spouses uh, whom we cherish just like the bride of Christ. And that's important to maintain that priority in your life. What does it mean to watch over and be a shepherd? Um, a lot like being like Jesus, our chief shepherd. We love we comfort, we accept, we teach the love of God. We teach of the sacrifice of Jesus and what he made for us. We come like Jesus. We are comforters, uh, mentors, lovers of people who are hard to love, uh, and that's what it means to be a shepherd. One other aspect of being a shepherd, and this is an important aspect, and that's the aspect of leadership. Don't be afraid to lead. When you come to a fork, as you, you take it. Now, you do that with prayer 
and you do that in community. And I want to borrow something from Dan that he said when he was doing the very job I am now. Uh, you have no authority by yourself. Your authority is in community with each other. And don't forget that. And live humbly and live by example. Be submissive to one another. Cherish God's church. Cherish your relationships. Equip the saints for the work of ministry to do good works to bring glory to God. Quite frankly, you couldn't be with a better group of brothers and sisters um, that you have right here. Uh, they are loving, they listen, as should we. And so, um, personal note or two John O and Heather, and this is really for you, John O. Not every problem has a solution. And I want you to rest in knowing that and rest in knowing that we can rely on God for our weaknesses and for the solutions of our problems. Chris and Tracy, I pray that the experience for each of you here uh, is a blessing to you beyond your belief. And Doyle and Laura, uh, thank you for trusting this body again and how much you mean to us. Quain and Ashley, thank you and thank God for your infectious joy and spirit. You're an encouragement to all of us. And Dan and Angie, welcome back. Thanks. Let me pray for these guys. Oh, Holy Father, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you for the gift of these new folks who are added to the leadership of this body. Uh, we pray uh, for your wisdom, for your guidance, for the comfort that only comes from you, Father. And we pray, dear God, that we will be a shining light uh, to this world, to this community, that we won't be afraid to uh, help the kingdom grow wherever that may be, that we won't be afraid, Father, to make disciples, to share the life that you've given us. Please, Father, bless us all in the name of your dear son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. So one more little assignment for our eldership, our new and old elders. They're going to get up with their spouses, and if you guys would go ahead and just move around the room and take those assigned places that you have. This is, this is a practice we have that we do every week, and uh, these shep good shepherds here, along with typically our ministers do this as well with their spouses, but today... Our shepherds are moving around the room. They, they're up in the balcony. They're positioned out here and in the foyer. It's a special practice that um, is symbolic of what they've committed to today in a larger form. But they do this 
every week. We are very blessed to have these men that have humbly and prayerfully accepted this call and their wives who have equally accepted humbly this call. Many people, this is what I mean by that, many people go through all of life and they have no one ever that chooses to care for them in their life and offer spiritual oversight. Many people are born and die and never feel like someone has stood up for them and said, volunteered and said, you're mine, I care. I'm watching, I'm willing, I love you. You can come to me. If you're in this room, not you. You have not gotten through life without someone who will stand for you when you're in need and even when you're not. And these guys literally do this every week. I'm amazed at how little we take advantage of the offer, frankly. That there's not lines of people just taking advantage of the love that's being offered. We don't need it every week, but, but we do need it. Tom commissioned these shepherds to do their job with us, and I want to finish here today commissioning us, the body, the flock, to do our job with them. Hebrews 13 is what I'll use. There's lots of scriptures I could have used, but this was some of the, this was written by a church leader talking about church leaders to the flock. And it says this, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Pause. These words have gone out of fashion for us these days. Obey, submit. They've almost become bad words. They're not, not in the way they're used here. So I'm asking you to set aside our cultural understanding of that and read them as they were intended by the Spirit and the first author. It's just with total grace, a gracious obedience, a gracious submission. These guys are not dictators. They're not controlling bosses or authoritarians. They don't even want anything close to that. They are offering love. They are offering love. And so here, here's what they are. It goes on to say, they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, this leader said. These folks here, not trying to control us, they wouldn't even let you let them control you. They are offering love to you. They're offering care. They're offering oversight. They're offering spiritual growth. They want to feed you in the way that they've been fed and continue to be fed. We Obedience and submission properly understood here is not you being some automatic automaton just doing whatever they say. It is... It is having the inclination towards their wisdom and their love. Not unthinking, not even without challenge. They welcome it on anything, on doctrine, on their advice, on anything. Iron sharpens iron. They're not giving that up. But they have been chosen and appointed as our leaders. These folks have volunteered for this. They volunteered to love you in this way. So our job as obeyers and submitters are to receive that love and have a a trust for them. It's a burden these guys have taken on. I've worked with lots of elderships now. 
in different, five different ones in this church, in different seasons of time. And it is a burden that they have received. It is a burden that they, like when we have kids, right? When someone has kids, you've taken on a burden. It's not just about you anymore. You're responsible. And it comes from not some positional authority. It comes from love. You're responsible. So you're deeply, intimately connected to those kids. They are deeply, intimately connected to this flock. They've chosen this. It's something they've taken on. And so when we are inclined towards them because they've inclined themselves toward us, that's advantageous to us. It's already a burden. When we are not inclined to trust them, we make it more burdensome for them. That is the most self-defeating thing we could do in the face of love that's being offered right here in the flesh. So they have a job to do. And you heard uh, Tom say that, but we have one too. So there's three other leaders in Scripture, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. They were shepherds of numerous flocks. And I testify that these guys and women too, their hearts are like Paul, Silas, and Timothy when they wrote to one of those flocks in 1 Thessalonians. This, just imagine this being about them to you. For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Not authority, the gospel. We're not trying to please men, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from men, not from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we could have been a burden to you. Anyone in authority could be. They could be a burden to you. But as leaders here with us, they could have been a burden to you. But we were gentle among you. Like what? Like a mother caring for her little children. Listen to this. We, from them, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well. What an offer. Because you had become so dear to us. In saying yes to this call to elderships, these new ones, but then also the ones that are veterans now, them saying yes to shepherding this flock, to oversee our going on, to lead us, to feed us, them saying yes to this. They are saying no to a lot of other things. A lot of other things that they would probably also delight in. Many men and women, they delight in lots of other things. And they do more of those things because they delight in it. They might, a lot of men might spend more time hunting. They might spend more time watching sports or playing sports or making more money or going on some more weekend trips they've always wanted to go on or more time with their families. These guys do all of that, but they could do more. They could do more, but they are saying no to that why would they do that? Because they decided to prioritize us. They've decided to delight, not in just those other things, in us. Because you are who they delight in. They love God, and they have learned that loving God means loving others. So that they have the Holy Spirit in them in such a way 
that they are delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, and that would be enough, but their lives as well. Their homes, their families, their mistakes, their wounds, their growth curve, their vulnerability, this is what they offer you. They've decided to prioritize you because you and I somehow have become dear to them. Somehow. Praise God. You are most blessed. We are most blessed. So let us do our duty and receive that love. It's comical to call it that. A duty, but it is ours to receive that love, to have an inclination to trust them, to agree with their wisdom and their leadership that no one of them offer, all of them offer in partnership with God as they keep watch over us as men who must give an account. And it's not wrong to say they're accountable to us, but not not in the way we say, not like in a democracy, and that's what we're conditioned to do. Our politicians are accountable to us, but that's not how it is. They're accountable to us in that if we're not transforming, if we're not healing, if we're not becoming more like Christ, they're accountable to that. They're paying attention and they care so deeply that holds them accountable. They've got to change their ways. They're accountable to each other because who shepherds the shepherds? The shepherds shepherd each other. And they're accountable to God who examines their hearts. A process they went through, that's why it was hard. That's why it's humbling to really... Take the mask off and open your heart to the holy and perfect God and dare believe he's entrusting his heart and that's you to them. That's what they've said yes to. They offer this touch to you. And every week they offer it just like this. I'm making them stand here longer than they have before. Bless their hearts. Well, you stare at them while I talk about them. But they do this because you're dear to them. You could do nothing better here in this moment and in these moments when we do this each week. You could offer them nothing greater than to take advantage of it. That if you have a hurt or a dream, a worry, a concern, a question, or a joy, or good news, is to go to them and take advantage of what they're offering. Nothing, nothing ministers to a heart of a shepherd, someone who's chosen to love, for that love to be received. Nothing brings joy to them like that. It's why they're doing it. They want to love you. And so the rest of us, typically on a typical Sunday, we don't all have a need or a joy, and so most of us don't take advantage of this touch they offer, and we just leave, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. We don't need it all the time. It doesn't have to be on Sunday right after we do this. But today, just for today, would you pick at least one of these couples? And give them a touch today. Just a thank you touch. If it's a high five, they're maybe busy and you just give them a pat or you just give them a hug or a handshake. And tell them thank you, thank you. Thank you too, thank you guys. Thank you for, thank you for caring for us. Thank you for the offer. And bear with us as we learn how to receive it and be mobilized by you as a kingdom outpost on this planet. We say a prayer. Father, I am so moved 
by the willingness that you had in sending your son and capturing the attention of these folks in particular who I'm thinking about right now in a way that they received your love, that they have done the hard work of receiving it, believing in it, daring to trust you that it's true, that it's okay in spite of us. And to the point that they have grown to a place of humility and acceptance of that, that they can now turn to us and offer it to us and fight for us. And I pray that we follow suit and we dare to believe it and we join them in ministering to each other and then to this world. We love you, God. Thank you. Thank you for deciding to make us all so dear to you and then reflecting that through them to us. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and let's let the glory of the name of Jesus be the passion of the church. Let's sing.